Thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for demonstrating your love for us. Opening our understanding to the fact that you are faithful, you are true, you are good. The thief... You know, I don't understand why things happen. <clears throat> I'll be the first one to tell you, I don't understand. And the enemy wants you to get wrapped up in the, the, the question marks in your life. He wants you to camp out in the question marks in your life rather than the exclamation points of the Word of God. I don't know why things happen. I don't know why bad things happen to good people. But what I do know is Jesus, the head of the church, the master, said, the thief. Well, how did he get in? The thief. That's the only reason he shows up knocking at your door is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Now, I don't know a lot. I'm learning more every day. And I went to Bible school and I can tell you that there are preachers and pastors and teachers and evangelists and Christians that cannot tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt that the Lord is good and the devil is bad. But Jesus himself said it. I don't understand why things happen. I don't understand why we have the question marks in our life. But I choose to get off the question marks and focus on the exclamation point. He is good. And revelations... Revelations, y'all don't even know, but we're talking about, we're going to be talking about faithfulness tonight, this morning, tonight. Tonight, we're going to be talking about faithfulness. In Revelations, it says, Then I looked and I saw a white horse, and on him, his name was called Faithful, and true. I know there are things in our life that we don't we look and we say, Lord, you weren't faithful there. But that's not truth. Because as long as you camp out in the question marks in your life and my life, we will never venture out into the promised land of the exclamation points that He has determined and destined for us to accomplish. Why do we make a God out of having to understand everything? Faith, let me say something. Faith doesn't care. Faith doesn't care what it sees. Faith doesn't care what it knows. Faith doesn't care what it feels. Faith don't even care what you think. Faith roots and grounded itself in one thing and one thing only, what he has said. And he has said he is faithful. And the release and the reality and the manifestation of the faithfulness of God in our lives comes when we release our faith and access that faithfulness that He has already demonstrated to us. He has already demonstrated it to us. Matthew chapter 25. The kingdom of heaven shall be... <clears throat> the kingdom of heaven, verse 14 is like a man traveling into a far country. Now stop. Anytime I see something in Scripture where Jesus said the kingdom of God is like, 
we need to stop and camp out right there and let's dissect that because there's a, there's a reality to this parable. There's a reality to this institution, that, or this, not this institution, but this family that we called church, life, Christianity. There's a reality in this right here where Jesus is teaching that we can glean some very valuable principles that will manifest in our life if we do them. So when Jesus said, for the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling into a far country, the kingdom of heaven is like this. We're fixing to read right here what the kingdom of heaven is like. And we're ambassadors. Do you know the word apostolic or the word apostle and the, uh, really comes from the Greek culture? It wasn't a Jewish word. It wasn't a Jewish term. Jesus used the word apostolic and church but those were words that were familiar to the Greeks. They weren't familiar to the Jewish people. He used a secular word to manifest and to birth the church. The word apostle is actually sent one. And in Roman times, when the emperor would conquer a nation, guess what he would send to establish the kingdom in that place? He would send an apostolic team. And they would go, and their goal, their, their job, their responsibility was to manifest the kingdom of Rome in that city, make it look like Rome, smell like Rome, taste like Rome, and act like Rome. So in the event the emperor left and wanted to go visit, he would feel like he was at home. Now, you and I are called to be apostolic. We're called to manifest the kingdom of God that is up there, down here. So when he says the kingdom of God is like, pull out your paper and your notebook, I mean your pen and your notebook and start taking notes because he's fixing to reveal some keys to the kingdom of God. They're not going to be keys to the kingdom of this world because we already know that the kingdom of the world is subjected to the kingdom of God. And we're supposed to be establishing his kingdom. How many of you want to establish his kingdom? Aren't you tired of establishing somebody else's kingdom? We're called to be kingdom establishers. We're called to be part of his apostolic team that will manifest the kingdom of God here. You ready? Verse 15. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he, won, so he was, so he who had received five talents came, brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. He also had who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. And his Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you rulers over many. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man. Reaping where you have not sown, and gathering where you have not scattered seed. 
and I was afraid, and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I, that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not gathered scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers, and at my coming I would have received back my own with interest. Therefore take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he who has abundance. But from him who does not even have, even what he has will be taken away. The kingdom of God is based upon the principle of faithfulness. God is not a social promoter. You know, if you get to be 15 years old and you're still in kindergarten, the public school system is going to just bump you right on up because they don't want a 15-year-old in there with kindergartners. Social promotion. But listen, in the, kingdom, in the kingdom of God, you can be 45 years old and still sitting at that little kindergarten desk and you can't even get up because your knees are jammed up underneath there. Because there is no such thing as social promotion in the kingdom of God. But here's the good news. The good news is you're not responsible for what you don't have. And you're not responsible for the what the Lord didn't tell you to do. You're only responsible for what he's told you, given you, and called you to do. And what I find interesting, the biggest thing, one of the biggest things that sticks out to me is when he said, well done, my good and faithful servant. He said the same thing to the man with two talents as he did the man with five talents. Why didn't he say it to the one with one talent? If he'd have been faithful, he would have said the same thing. The enemy is always lying. He's always lying. There is no truth in the enemy. There is no truth in Satan. So when he comes knocking at your door, if his mouth is moving, what's he doing? He's lying. He's trying to get Casey to think that Michelle doesn't love him. He's trying to get Michelle to think that Casey don't care for him because blah, 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 blah. He's always trying to lie. He's trying to get Langston to think that Haley don't love him. He's trying to get Miss Peggy to think that the pastor don't pay no attention to her because I didn't wave at her when I was driving because I was trying to correct the three youngins in the back seat that are screaming and hollering over what? Chicken nuggets. <laughs> Not screaming and hollering. Sometimes. The enemy is always lying. He is always trying to get you to believe something that's not true. Always. And so he comes to this servant that has one talent, and he begins to lie. Well, you know, you're a man, you know, you know, you know your, sir, your, your master is a hard man. And Jesus said, if you even believed that, if you believed the lie that was told you that I was a hard man, why wouldn't you at least deposit the money into the bank and at least draw interest? The kingdom of God is about faithfulness. Turn to your neighbor and say, I want to be faithful. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability. According to your ability, not someone else's. You're not responsible for living up to the ability that Langston has. Because you're not Langston. 
The worst thing in the world you can do is try to compare yourself to somebody else. You know what? You're not my wife. Thank the Lord. Mm. Guess what? I ain't you. And you're not me. You cannot live up to someone else's expectations when those expectations were never put upon you by the master himself. Why did he give, why did he divide his inheritance? Why did he divide it and give it five, two, and one? Because we find out, because he was demonstrating to them, gave them according to their ability. It doesn't mean that the number two guy, the two talents, not the number two, but two talents, because we see that they both got the same reward. So they're both number ones. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Why did he get five and the one got two? Because apparently the one with five had demonstrated his faithfulness over and over again. He gave it according to his ability. Here's the good news. According to this equation, the guy who got two and produced four, guess what? Now he can produce eight. Another four and produce eight. He can build up the faithfulness. God is about faithfulness. And if you'll be faithful over little, what did he say? Come on, what did he say? Let me tell you where this hits home with me. I don't have a thousand members. I'm not responsible for being faithful over a thousand members. I'm responsible for being faithful over you. And if I'll be faithful over you, then I will, what? Ruler over many. You're not a part of a thousand member church. You're part of a hundred member church. But if you're not going to be faithful at a 100-member church, you ain't going to be faithful at a 10,000-member church. <sighs> Breathe. <laughs> Let's take the offering over again. Pass out the volunteer cards now. Um, it's like one old fella said. He said, oh, oh, I don't want a job. I want a position. The Lord himself, the master of the, of the head of the church, said, if you'll be faithful over that job, I'll give you a position. Well, I want to preach. I did too. And I worked bivocationally. for 11 years before I ever saw the glimpse of full-time ministry. That's hard. How does somebody come to me after being in ministry for about six, after being in ministry or, you know, functioning in ministry for about eight months, talking about when am I going to preach? Why don't you come holler at me when you've been doing it for 11 years? Then we can talk. Talking about impatience. I got to preach. No, why don't you grab a mop? We have a beautiful facility that we're trying to sell because we believe God's calling. But until then, we've got to maintain. We've got to be excellent. We've got to be faithful over a little. You know, I know your car may have some dirty spots in the carpet. 
Man, I'm, and this is good. And nobody's saying amen, but this is good. If there's one thing that I've learned is that if you'll be faithful in what you have right now, the Lord will bless you with more. And I don't mean bless you in the economy of the, system, the world system. I mean bless you beyond what you can do. If you'll be faithful. I remember this woman right here going to the grocery store and putting her grocery cart up, you know, three aisles down from the grocery, you know, from the little grocery, uh, what do you call that thing? Corral the horsey and buggy corral, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Everybody knows your buggy don't belong on the side of the curb. It belongs in the buggy corral. And I remember her doing that. And the Lord said to her, sweetheart, if you don't be faithful over this, how can I you be faithful over? See, that's the kingdom of God. The God doesn't promote the one that's the socially accepted. He promotes the one that nobody sees that's in the background that's been putting the buggies up in the cart for everybody else. That's who he promotes. That's what he said. If you'll be faithful over what you have, you will get the same. If Jesus himself came back today, what would he say? Well done, my good and faithful servant. Or you were like, no, I was getting geared up because I knew we were going to explode to 500 members and then I would get to preach. Were you faithful with the 100? He's always trying to get you to see something that's where you're not at because that's society. You're not where you're at. You're not where you want to be, so you got to keep your eyes on where you want to be. And the Lord said, just stop doing that. Just focus on what you're doing right now. Mop, sweep, wax, wash as if the kingdom of God depended on it, and your master, Jesus himself, will promote you from time to time to time to time again. Some of the greatest people in my life that have influenced my life, that I see as my heroes, started from nothing they didn't start from what you thought. Nobody went overnight. If you heard some of the stories about Dad Hagen and how he started out, it would amaze you. Him riding down the car, preaching, doing the Lord's work. Turn to your neighbor and say, the Lord's work. I mean, for the kingdom. Riding along that road. Done left his job. Say left his job. Went out for Jesus. He's riding down the road and all of a sudden that front left tire starts singing. It's fixing to go bad. It's fixing to blow. And then the second one. And then the third one. And then all four tires are singing in harmony. What you doing? What you doing? What you doing? What you doing? You ain't got no money. You ain't got no money. You ain't got no money. What you doing? What you doing? And he said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm just going to act like the word is so and begin to praise the Lord. See, you don't see that. You don't hear that. You don't know that. Because of faithfulness. There's things that have happened in our life that I believe disaster was averted and people's lives were spared because we were faithful with what we did five years ago. Wouldn't you agree? Faithfulness. All of you have a faithful grandmother, a faithful father, a faithful grandfather. Some, you're here today because of their faithfulness. I'm going to tell you something else too. You don't need to be concerned with some, what somebody else is doing. Man. You don't need to be concerned with whether or not Haley's being faithful. Are you being faithful? Because a faithful person won't condemn somebody else's unfaithfulness. They will help that person be faithful. Come on now, don't shut me down. Well, you need to be faithful. Are you being faithful? 
I'm telling you what the Lord has been sharing with me. I'm not dropping this on you like it's hot, like I got it yesterday. He's been telling me for months, if you'll be faithful over a little. He don't even, he's, he has, the first time in my relationship with the Lord, he has taken half a verse and excluded it and just wants me to focus on that. It's like, you don't even need to be concerned. I just want you to be faithful with what's, okay, I'll be faithful. So you go back to your car. Your car's got dirty carpet. The paint's faded. Your chrome rim is more like leopard chrome because it's peeling. You know what I'm saying? Are you being faithful with what you have? Man, you ought to wash that car, shampoo the carpet, make it smell good, and drive it for Jesus. Because in the kingdom of God, true or false, that's how you get promoted. If you be faithful with that 1985 Honda Accord, four-door, five-speed, he will make you ruler over the Jag or the Caddy. I'm using Brother, brother Bill and Granny Carol because they always seem to have the flashy rides. But they're flashy because they've been faithful. I've seen this man take an old, uh, take an old vehicle, and the first thing he does is what? Wash it. And clean it up. You'd be amazed at how better your ride will ride if you just clean it up. It sounds better, smells. The experience of driving that 1985 Dodge, you know, that Datsun. Will be, you know what I'm saying? Paid for, yeah. Why you drive that old? Why did you drive that old truck, Pastor? Because it was paid for. Why don't you get you a new ride? All right. Well, I'm taking donations because I don't want to get it. I don't want to do things the world's way. I want to do it God's way. And if you'll be faithful with what He's, every man, uh, the the King James says. For his several ability. There's an, there's an ownership of an ability that he's given you. And if you will be faithful over that ability, you will see promotion in your life. Young people, listen to me. If you will be faithful with what God has given you, he will make you ruler over much. And it's not going to happen overnight. This, our, this generation, a part of my generation, and now the generation below us, boy, they... Right now, right now, I graduated college. I want it now. It doesn't happen that way. I was reading in Proverbs, it says, uh, uh, faith, uh, uh, A faithful man will abound to many blessings, but one who hastens to be rich will surely come to ruin. Lottery. You know how many, how many lives the lottery has destroyed? Very few, very small percentage of people that actually benefit from the lottery because when they get that surplus of money, they have, there's no restraint. They've not disciplined. They've never learned how to manage all that, and it destroys their life. Well, you know, if I had some real money, man, if I had $100,000 a year, I would surely tithe to the church. If you don't tithe off your $100, you're not going to tithe off 100000 I have relatives. People I know, I should have said. I have relatives that are older than me 
that I don't think maybe have been to this church once and is stingy and has more money than no, but, but because of the fear of money, there's no amount of money that would take away that fear because what he does is heaps up for himself because he is so afraid of losing it. I remember one minister said that money simply amplifies what's already inside of you. If you're not a giver now, you won't be a giver. If you're a spender now, you won't be a, uh, you'll be a spender when you get a lot of it. If you be faithful, there's, there's, a, there's a principle because the enemy wants us like that. But, but God's trying to build something in us. That's why you're 45 years old and still in kindergarten because he's not going to let you graduate until you have learned the principle because a good teacher won't just let you get away with that. You know what I'm saying? That work you did like 20 minutes before the test was, your paper's supposed to be turned in, you downloaded and copied it and turned it in and you got a little bit of dirtiness and it's all wrinkled and you hand it up and the teacher looks at you and goes, what's that? No, no, no. You're capable of more than that. Put, take that back and you bring me back what is the real deal. That's what a good teacher does. That's what the Lord does. Lord, I'm going to give you my all. You're not giving me your all. Oh, that's harsh. I can't believe you said that, Pastor. I didn't. He did. He looked at the guy with one talent. And he said, you wicked and slothful servant. I mean, you at least could have put the stuff in the bank. Why was he so harsh with him? Because he gave him a gift to begin with, which was the talent. In those days, a talent was about 6,000 shekels of gold, and a shekel of gold was about a day's wage. So we're talking about 6,000 daily wages. So somewhere between one hundred dollars to $150,000 is what one talent was. Okay? He gave the man a hundred, let's just say $150,000, and he took the $150,000 and buried it under his mattress because he listened to the lies of the enemy that said, What? You're a harsh man. No, he is not harsh. He is fair and he is just. When am I going to get my day in the light? When you learn to live in the shadows. That's faithfulness. The reward is not guaranteed to the one that produces the most. See, the kingdom of God is not about production. Because if it was about production, he would have got number one salesman. Woohoo! Number one salesman! Number two salesman, you did all right. Now, the kingdom of God, they, he gets both of them get the same reward. He said, Well done. He got that attaboy. Attaboy, you have been faithful over little. Now I will make you a ruler over much. Enter into the joy of the Lord. See, it's easier, it's easier to quit and to think negatively of your pastor than to keep going. Well, he's always talking about faithfulness 
giving, doing. He's always talking about our gifts. And I got to use my gifts for the kingdom of God. I didn't come to church for that. I just want to sit and be still. No, 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 no. Because I want to be a good teacher. I want to be a good five-fold ministry gift. I'm not just going to let you sit there and let your gift just wither and bury in the sand. No, I'm trying to pull your gift out. It's quiet. Don't bury your gift. Take your broom for the kingdom of God because in the kingdom of God there is no insignificant job. There isn't. When you volunteer with the children's ministry and all them kids are running around and you're trying to help Miss Law, that is kingdom significance. What are them little bitty symbols called? I forget that we had it. In, but you know, the, not the ones that you do, but you would, you know what I'm talking about? They look like little miniature symbols. What were they called? Castanets. See, in the kingdom of God, you take your little castanets up there on the stage and you'd be cling, cling, cling. You're doing that for the kingdom. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Maybe you're not Haley up there with the electric. Maybe you're not doing that. Well done. She gets the same reward as the castanet guy because he's using his. Come on now. It's like the little monkey that goes ching, 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 ching. The monkey gets the same reward as Haley. Because if she's being faithful and he's being faithful, the master says, well done, my good and faithful. Come on now, I know it's funny. Y'all going to leave here with a monkey in your mind. Because I want you to see that your faithfulness matters. It matters. Pastor, I want a job. I'm going to look for the person that's going to be faithful. I was listening, I was watching, uh, I was on Instagram and I saw Craig Groeschel. Craig Groeschel is the pastor of Life Church. They got, you know, some, I don't know, 500,000 members, some ridiculous amount. He's the one, how many of you have the Bible app, you know, with the Bible? Life, okay, that's their church. They, they were the first church to develop a Bible app. That's him. He's on the, uh, he was on Forbes, uh, one of the quotes in Forbes magazine. Craig Groeschel. He said this. He said, hire people with passion. He said, you can train skills, you can't train passion. I'll say it this way, hire faithful people. You can train them to do something, but you can't train faithfulness. You want to be, you want, you want somebody, you want to go somewhere in this world, you want to do something for the kingdom of God, and you want to matter and have kingdom significance, then be faithful. Well, I can't sing. Well, can you come to church here and sing with everybody else and help sing and worship? See, we're all praise and worship people. We're all ministers of the gospel. But see, the enemy comes and he says, it's, it, because the man goes, oh, I'd heard, I know you... You reaped where you didn't sow and you gathered where you didn't plant. And he said, that's a lie. But even if you did believe the lie, you could have at least invested. Because it's easy, listen, it's easier to believe that your spouse is mad at you than to reconcile and be made one again. It's easy to take the offense that the enemy's presenting to you. Take that offense and go, well, they just don't appreciate me. 
So I'm going to take my little gift and I'm going to bury it. No. No, 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 no. The enemy wants you to do that. He wants you to think that what you're doing right now and everything that is in you is insignificant to the kingdom of God. And how in the world do you think that you can impact the world? You may not can impact the world if you're not willing to impact Tifton. I'll go a step further. How are you going to expect to impact Tifton if you won't even impact your sphere of influence, those people that are around you? If you will be faithful over little, if you will lay hands on that person that the Lord's been ministering you to lay hands on at that co-worker and pray for her, then maybe, not maybe, but then he'll say, okay, now I'm going to take you to another level. I don't know about you, but this encourages me. Because it finally releases me from the burden of having to have a 5,000 member church and be on YouTube and everything. Because if I'll be faithful with my tube, if I'll be faithful on iTube, then he'll promote me to YouTube. No. Listen, let me say this. Why was he so harsh? Because God expects you to use your gifts. He said, if any man follow me, what was he must do? He must pick up his cross, lay down his life, pick up his cross and follow me. He expects you and me. There are expectations. Here it is, ready? Christians, God has expectations for you. We don't like, listen, I'm telling you right now, Christians don't like that. They, wanna, they want you to preach a sermon. They want to come to church. They don't want to be challenged. If I wanted to be challenged, then I would go to the military. If I, I don't want to be, don't tell me I got to do something. Heaven forbid the pastor calls something out and say, what you doing? Well, you can't do that. We live in a society that breeds that. Listen to me. Oh, man, I know I might be. It's unfair. It's unjust. And, and, and ministers and churches that cater to that, I'd rather, I'd, rather, I'd rather go get a full-time job and preach than I would to put up with that because that it doesn't produce the, the talents for the kingdom of God. I see churches, I, I've have, there's a, it's amazing what you see when you're on this side. And when I say this side, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. He gave some, okay, not everybody. When I'm on this side. And now I'm looking out where I used to be there and I was looking in. But I'm on this side and I'm looking out and I'm telling you it's amazing how Christians think. Well, that's what we hired you for. Well, first of all, you didn't hire me. He called me. Now I'm preaching. Now I'm preaching. You didn't hire me. He called me. If I'm intimidated or I judge what I say and what I don't say by whether or not you will like it or not, boy, we all in a world of hurt. Because Jesus didn't do that. They hated Jesus. My role, my responsibility, we've been talking about it on Wednesday nights, is to unlock the gifts in you and to set you on fire so people can watch you burn. That's what I'm supposed to do. This is part of it. 
This coming together is part of it. You've got to be faithful with what He's given you. Well, I don't even know what He's given. Listen, I'm telling you right now, we need volunteers in the nursery. Everybody wants to volunteer for certain things. But in my experience, do you know the two hardest things to get people to volunteer for? Nursery and children's and breaking up and setting down. Nobody wants to come and help get everything ready and decorate and get the food ready. They just want to come eat and then go home. If you, how many of you know if you be faithful over a little? See, when you're stacking these chairs and everybody else is going home and it's just you and maybe two other people and you're stacking chairs and you're moving and you're being faithful, God sees that. He goes, mm-hmm. Faithful over a little. I can do something with him. Well, I want to I want to impact the world. Are you impacting the world that you're in right now? Because if you're not impacting the world that you're in right now, you're not going to impact the world. Well, hallelujah. This is going over great. You're not responsible for what you're supposed to do in the future. You're responsible for what you're supposed to do right now. Listen, I'm just going to bring it home and then we'll land a plane and go eat some chicken. Amen? If you're not faithful with where you're at right now in that seat, if I'm not faithful, then how is he going to promote us? I'm telling you that by the Spirit of the Lord, there's something about this faithfulness that he's teaching me. I came from a rhema. And I, there are students that I graduated with that still live in Tulsa. Because they're waiting to be the next Keith Moore. They're waiting to be the next... They want so bad to get in on that. They don't understand that Brother Hagen, Dad Hagen's heart was to see us span out and expand all over the country and all over the world. There are people that graduate Bible school all the time. Ask Cornell. Who tell you? We talk about it. Hey, what you doing? Nothing. Well, listen, why don't you come to Tipton? Pray about coming to Tipton. We'll help you find a job. We'll, I mean, my God, we'll help you move. I mean, we'll take up an offering if we have to. Everybody pitches in $10 to $15 a piece. We can buy the rental truck and they can come down here. I mean, we'll do it. And then, mm, I'm praying. Okay, well, pray while you're here. Listen to me. Because they want to go to, they want to go to the party. They don't want to be a party starter. They want to be a party, a party partier. I don't know what I'm saying. Nobody wants, very few people want to be party starters. Be a party starter. Be a builder. He's called us to build. Be a builder because anybody can show up. But how many people can show up and actually build something? We're, we're rebuilding here. If you'll be faithful, I promise you this, if you'll be faithful with where you're at here, and if you'll bring your talents here, God will give you more if you'll be faithful with that which is a little. 
He's not giving you something that you're not able to do. See, that's what is amazing to me. We live in a society that you give me something and now it's mine, but don't hold me to any standard or accountability of excellence. He said, I gave you $150,000 and you didn't do nothing with it. I gave you the ability to play an instrument. Jessica, I'm going to embarrass you. I gave you the ability to play multiple instruments. You're going to be the one that takes your instruments and gives it for the glory of God. Multiply your talents. I gave you the talent and you're doing something with it. Well done, my good and faith. See, that's what God looks for. You quit trying to be something that you're not called. You're not the five-talent guy. Maybe you're not, or let me say it this way. Maybe you're not the five-talent guy. Has he given you five talents? No, I don't feel like a five. I feel more like a two. Pastor, I feel more like a two-talent. Everybody feels like a two-talent. Listen, be the one-talent. Just don't follow the one-talent's protocol. Maybe you got one talent. Maybe you got $150,000 that your master has given you. Take that hundred and fifty and double it. Use it. Do something with it. Sometimes it's the, it's the little insignificant. The things sometimes that have impacted my life the most is when somebody has come up to me and blessed me because they were being obedient and being faithful over little. Maybe it's a word of encouragement to somebody. Well, what if I miss it? Well, join the club. I mean, the club. We got t-shirts. I've missed it. <laughs> Hashtag I missed it. Michael Jordan said he's missed more shots than he ever made. You're always, you're going to, there's going to be times where you do miss it, but don't be the, don't bury your talents. Bless God, let's get out there and do Let's do, do something. Well, what do I do? I'm glad you asked. We got nursery. We got children's. We've got youth. I mean, Cornell would love for you guys to come see what's going on with the next generation of leaders that's going to lead this church into the next century. Here's one. How many of you know grace? Okay, how many of you know grace? How many of you know where she's going this summer? Okay, so five of you. She's going to Africa with Miss Laurel. Because she's about to burn up. She's on fire for the Lord so much. She's graduated. 27th. She's going to be in the real world now. No more high school. It's going to be the real world. How many of you have been over to the youth group and been exposed to what Cornell's doing and what they're teaching them over there? I'm going to raise my hand because I have. What about the children? See, there's all kind of areas. Listen, the, the, the people, if we can't impact the people in our sphere, God's not going, listen, I'm just telling you, if we're not going to be faithful over the hundred that he's given us, he's not going to give us another hundred. Man, there was unction on that. I want to go to 200, don't you? I, want, I mean, I'm just taking from the parable. I, well, the Lord appeared to me in a vision. No, I'm just telling you. I was sitting and I was reading this and I said, Lord, do you want me to take the 100 and turn it into 200? That, how can we do that? You want to be faithful? Let's be faithful together. How can we take this and multiply it by two? How can we double it? Well, 
Number one, we need to get our mindset ready and prepared. The guy with the five talent and the guy with the two talent didn't have a one talent mentality. I said, all right, I'm going to take my talents and I'm going to, okay. I can see him exercising their faith. All right, what we're going to do first? Because he said he was gone for a long time. All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do a little here, take this talent here, and we're going to do this. All right, Lord, what you want me to do? What's next? Okay, yeah, they need volunteers in the nursery. Okay, bless God, I'm going to serve the nursery. And I'm going to be excited about serving the nursery because in the kingdom of God, serving the nursery gives you the same reward as XYZ preacher on WW whatever with 50,000 members. True or false? So you serve and you serve, and then before you actually kind of you, you get to where you, you like the nursery. And so you're, you're serving in the nursery, and you don't even know why, but you just love it. And then all of a sudden, we come up to you and approach you and say, Man, you're doing a fantastic job. We've seen how faithful you've been. We feel like the Lord wants you to take over the whole nursery department to raise up these kids to get them ready for Miss Laurel to take them and so you okay great you pray about it you feel good about it now I'm going to take the nursery and so you're taking the nursery and you're praying and you're fasting and you're going to different conferences and we're plugged in we're meeting together how can we make the nursery better I just think we ought to hand out lollipops and okay great let's try the lollipop nursery ministry you blessing these kids you're praying over them you're teaching the kids how to pray for each other come on now and then before you know it, the, the nursery explodes and kids are getting healed and parents are like, we don't even understand, but our, our little five and six-year-old, they're, they're amazing. They're being more obedient than they've ever done and they just keep saying how great the nursery was. And then before you know it, now we've got multiple campuses. Now we want you to be the children, nursery and children, because you're doing so good with the nursery, we want you to multiply that into the children. And now you're the nursery slash children's director. You're over all those ministries. And, and you're just growing it and growing it, and you've been faithful. And 10 years go by. Somebody say 10 years. 10 years goes by, and now we got all these different ministries going, and you got nursery. You got, I mean, nurseries make it. People talk about the nursery because it's so powerful. And it all started because you volunteered to clean up some glitter off the floor. Hmm. Why you got to use nursery? Because it's something that we see. Listen, my child is very valuable and important to me. I'm not just going to let anybody watch her. And if you'll be faithful over a little, a little one, he'll make you rule over much. The time is now. We don't need parking lot attendants now. Well, but we do need parking lot attendants now. Because faith prepares. How goofy would that look? Well, I'm serious. How goofy would it look? Having two people out there with little, you know, their little vest directing traffic. What traffic? By faith. Creflo Dollar said before they were world changers, ministries, big, whatever. 
He said he had everybody in the church volunteering. They'd show up and everybody was ushering, everybody was taking up the offering, everybody was greeting, and there was nobody sitting down. He said the Lord told him, said if, you, if you're not going to prepare for the harvest, I'm not going to bring the harvest. What, what can you do? Now listen to me. You know I love you. Turn to your neighbor and say, he loves us. What are you doing other than showing up on Sunday and sitting here and watching everything go on? Are you being faithful? Because I know there's talents in all of you. Well, I've used my talent before and I've been burned. We got a t-shirt for that too. I've been burned here, here, here. You ever been to a restaurant and sat down to eat your favorite meal and it was terrible? You ain't been back, have you, ever? No? Yes, you do. You go back. Have you had every meal you've ever had at every restaurant has always been? No, because we don't. Your car broke down. What do you do? Set it on fire? What do you do? Leave it beside the road. That's a good woman right there. Honey? Honey? Car's broke. Bring me your car. Yes, dear. Yes, dear. I'm not driving your truck no more. You drive, you take my truck. Baby, it's okay. No, I, I drive your truck. Every time I drive your truck, okay, okay. Come on. What do you do? Set it on fire? Well, I, I got burned. I used my talent at church and I got burned. Whoop-de-doo. So did Jesus. This isn't about you getting burned. This is about them that need to know that he burned for them. And I'm asking you to bring your talent. Bring your talent to the Lord. We want to take, we want to do, we want to see God move us into the direction. We're birthing something new. We're birthing a new work. We, we're in that process where we're allowing the old to die and out of that death will be birthed something new. We're birthing something new. Well, guess what? Let's prepare. Let's be expectant together. Well, I helped... I did that before. I don't want to do that again. Well, you don't get to retire in the kingdom of God. You retire when you die. And then you go to heaven and you receive your reward. Not for works, listen to me, but for what you did with what God gave you, that's what you receive your reward for. So I'm asking you to join with me. Come on, stand up. We're going to camp right, we're going to stay right here in faithfulness because God is faithful. And one of the things that we see with God, God, God is faithful. Well, what is faithfulness? Being there. God is always there. How can you be faithful? Be here. Bring your supply. Bring your gifts. Bring your time. Come on, I know this is challenging you because it challenges me. I'm saying to you, don't do the things you've always done before. Don't just be satisfied with coming at 10.05, eating a biscuit and drinking some coffee and coming here and woohoo, amen, and then go home. Don't be satisfied with that no more because church, what he's wanting us to do is so much more valuable than that. Bring somebody. 
Bring your supply. Show up next week ready to volunteer in the children, the nursery, the youth. Show up next week ready to stand up there and shake hands with somebody and say, I'm so glad to see you. I'm so glad you can. I look at all of you, and for the majority of you, not everybody, so if this isn't you, that's fine, but I look at all of you, and every one of you should be doing something. And I don't mean, well, that's just harsh. No, it's not. You should be because the reward that you're looking for is inside you releasing your gift. I don't know what to do. Grab a broom. Cornell needs help on Wednesday nights. Come help him. Well, I just got a lot going on. Eh, wrong answer. I'm busy. No, you're too busy for God? Too busy for the kingdom? See, this is the stuff you can't preach and expect everybody to be running around. Listen, I had I was, I'd been married, had two kids, and one of them, I had to rock like this because she would, you know, so you're sitting there at home church just rocking the baby. But I was there. Well, I mean, I'm just so tired. I was there. That don't, listen, that may cut it at your house, but it don't cut it at his house. Listen, guys, our days are numbered. We don't have time. Yesterday's gone. Half the day today is gone. We don't have time to wait for everything to be perfect. If you wait for perfect conditions, the Bible says, you will never get anything done. We, no, we got to go. Let's go together. Show up with your vest and park cars. They got plenty of places to park. It doesn't matter. It's not about the place. It's about being faithful. It's about showing, okay, God, we're believing together that we will impact the community. Well, you can't impact them if they're not here. You can't impact them if you're not going to get them. If you won't be faithful in your workplace, how do you think God's going to make you faithful in a bigger place? Bless God, I had to preach at some, I mean, and I, I'm preaching as if I'm preaching to 5,000 people because I believe in this faithfulness. Lord, we're just going to be faithful. Come on. Father, in the name of Jesus, we're going to be faithful. We are going to, I vow to be faithful with everything that is within me to be faithful with what you've given me to steward as, as, as a five-fold ministry gift. We vow to be faithful. And if there's something that needs to be done, let it be one of the... Father, we'll be the first one to raise our hand. We'll get it done. Will you be faithful? Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you. We vow to be faithful with that which is a little. We'll be faithful with the little. And believe you for more. In the name of Jesus. We thank you for it. Cornell. Amen. Just, <clears throat> I guess before I announce the one announcement that I have, um, one thing God's really shown me is that so often we get to a place, doesn't, we don't have to get there, so, <clears throat> but sometimes we'll get to a place in our lives where we feel as though we're, I don't want to use the word frustrated, but maybe our gift is frustrated or we just feel like 
We're not advancing. We're not growing. We're not. That thing inside of us isn't necessarily being met. And sometimes that's just because we haven't stepped out for there to be an outlet for it. Now, sometimes we think, well, that outlet has to be, well, I'll use the example that Pastor said. Okay, I have to have a YouTube channel. I have to be doing this. I got to have Twitter. I'm blowing up all this stuff. Maybe that's not what he's saying. You know, maybe it's just, okay, well, what's that, what's that sweeping thing that God has for me? What's, what's just volunteering to clean up glitter? You know, what's that thing? If I start there... And then God says, okay, because of that faithfulness here, now you're going to start to see that thing that's in you bloom. It's going to unravel. I'm going to stir it up. I'm going to show you, okay, this is what it feels like for that thing to be utilized. That, that plan, that purpose, that calling I place in your life, it starts with the small stuff. It doesn't start with the big. But we, we think, oh, well, if I do that, then that's just, that's just simple. That's just serving. <laughs> Okay, well, well, Jesus says if he that takes the position of the servant, that's the one that's greatest in the kingdom, not the one who served. It says that the Son of Man didn't come to be served, but to serve. So if that's the example that he sets for us, then we have no excuse to be anything but servants. That means that first we get to serve each other. Like, we'll never serve a world that, one, doesn't have our interests, you know, at, at heart, doesn't maybe believe the same things that we have. Maybe they don't dress the way we think they're supposed to dress or look the way they're supposed to look. We won't serve them if we can't serve brothers and sisters. Amen? Amen. So, God, I thank you that you're stirring that in our hearts. You're, you're, uh, I thank you, Holy Spirit, that the word that's been given, it fell on good soil and no weeds, no nothing to choke that stuff out. Just the rain of heaven just pouring on it, sunshine and everything, that it's going to grow up. <laughs> and that very thing that you desire to plant in us, God, it's been planted. It's been watered. Sun is shining on it. And I thank you that it's going to grow and it's going to develop. And we are going to serve you through serving each other, <laughs> through serving this world. Just those little things. Let us not think anything too small for us. No, no, no point of service too small or too little for us. Because if the king can leave his throne, you know, I was just thinking last night, when you look up, we don't even know the full size of the universe. It's too big for even science. Yet he left glory and he came in, he didn't come in a, a mansion. He came in a little stall where animals have birth and pee and eat. That's, the king did that for us. That's the level of service he did for us. So we can, we can clean up glitter. We can sweep, mop, whatever, park cars, whatever it is. And in doing that, that thing in you will awaken. It will awaken. Amen. All right. So my one announcement. So the youth will be going um, to Camp Disciple June 9th through the 14th. So you say, well, what is Camp Disciple? Well, Camp Disciple is um, our youth group and uh, the youth group from New Covenant Church, Valdosta. We're going to be camping on the Suwannee River for two nights. Then we're going to have a day where we um, 
uh, go on the Ichitutni, which is, well, we all know what the Ichitutni is. And then we come back, and we'll actually be finishing our camping at New Covenant Church of Aldosta, and we'll be doing outreaches there in the local community. So it's going to be six days of having to be around everybody, you know what I'm saying? It's going to be good. It's going to allow them to really develop some relationships with people. You know, that's good and bad because you got to get over that little hump before you can actually kind of, you know, it's the almost I hate you. Then it's like, I really like you. You know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, obviously while we're camping, we're going to be doing team building stuff, worship, you know, some uh, devotionals and all that stuff. So it's it's going to be really good. My, my intent is that it kind of feels a little bit like a, a local mission trip, especially that the, the, the end of it. The beginning of it's going to be more of, you know what I'm saying, team building, kind of getting to know each other, canoeing, you know, tubing, all that stuff. And then the end of it is kind of, okay, well, let's do some stuff together for the kingdom. Amen. So I just encourage you guys, just be praying for, you know, us as a team here and then the youth group um, at New Covenant Church Valdosta, just for everything that God wants to do in and through the youth. Um, if you want to help financially, the, the total cost is 130, um, and that's that's everything. That's canoe, tubes, the time there, food, meals, everything. So, but I, I really covered your prayers. Um, I, I, it's It's been something that New Covenant Church Valdez has been doing for the past, I don't know, 10, 12 years. It's been, a, it's been a while, but this will actually be my first time going. I've only heard nothing but good things about it, and I really have a lot of expectation of what the Lord's going to do. Um, so, amen. That's all I got. Um, well, I'll close. I'll close. Father, I thank you that you served us, <laughs> that you are the servant and that by the Holy Spirit, we get to be just like you. And we just choose, we position our heart. We desire to advance your kingdom, God. And if that's cleaning up glitter, if that's parking cars, if that's whatever it is, God, we just want to, I, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would just speak right now to each individual's heart. You know, that, I, and hearing a word like that, you say, okay, God, well, what are you saying to me? And I pray that he would speak that thing to your heart and say, okay, here. Maybe start here. Start here. What This is something, a desire in your heart, something that you want to see here in this local body. Start there. Start there. So we thank you, Father. We thank you for what you're doing and what you're going to do. That this, this new work that you're calling us to, it involves and it requires each member, each joint supplying that need. And without it, we can't do that thing that God's calling us to. So we thank you, Father, that you're stirring it and that you're doing it in Jesus' name. Amen. See y'all Wednesday night. Wednesday night.